Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Carrie Antholis. This season of Jury Duty explores the trial of Michael Barrison, who was charged with the attempted murders of Lauren Kanarek and Robert Goodwin in Long Valley, New Jersey. Kanarek was struck in the chest by two bullets from Barrison's weapon, and as it was undisputed that Barrison fired those shots, his legal team argued that he was not guilty because he was legally insane at the time of the shooting and in the alternative because he fired those shots in self-defense. In our last episode, we continued our coverage of defense attorney Edward Belinkus's questioning of alleged victim Lauren Kanarek as he asked the witness about the events surrounding the shooting incident itself. On today's installment, we follow Ms. Kanarek's testimony to its conclusion. That's all coming up right after the break. Tired of ads interrupting your gripping investigations? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Ads shouldn't be the scariest thing about true crime. Start listening by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash true crime ad free. That's amazon.com slash true crime ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. At the end of our last episode, Edward Belinkus asked alleged victim Lauren Kanarek whether it was possible that she struck the defendant with her phone before he fired the shots at her. Prosecutor Christopher Shellhorn objected to the defense attorney's question, claiming that Belinkus had offered no basis for such speculation, and Judge Stephen Taylor sustained the objection. We begin today as Belinkus asks Ms. Kanarek to mark a photograph with the locations of herself and Michael Barrison when the shooting occurred. As she does so, Judge Taylor asks her to initial and date her markings. Belinkus then resumes his questioning. When you first came down to speak to Michael Barrison, mm -hmm. did you notice that he was holding the phone? No, I did not. At any point in time prior to the shooting, did you observe Michael Barrison holding his telephone? No, I did not. Now, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, he was standing where you've put an MB, correct? Correct. You were standing where you put this little star, correct? Correct. And it's your testimony that he fired two shots, one right after the other, correct? Correct. And then from that same position, a shot towards your boyfriend. Correct. All three within a matter of seconds, correct? Correct. And the whole time that the shooting took place, you were holding his phone, Rob's phone. Yes. And you were on the line with your civil lawyer, correct? Yes, he, he was on the line, correct. On August 4th, did you send Michael Barrison that you were going to send people that he didn't know to the farm to ride your horses? I did. And, and did you also tell him that you were going to be having an elderly person and an infant move into his house while you were away? No, I did not say that they were going to be moving in anywhere, that I recall. Do you recall saying words to the effect, one may be a child whom you already met, along with his grandma. When I decide for sure, I'll surely let you know. Did you send that text to him? Yes. Now, were you aware of the fact that Ruth Cox had a gun? I don't believe, before the sh before, before the, sh the shooting. I was not aware that she 100% had a gun, no. I, I thought mm -hmm. she might have. 
but I didn't know for sure. Do you recall telling the Morris County Prosecutor's Office? And Mr. Malinkas, before we do that, can I see you at the bench? After a quick sidebar, Judge Taylor explains to the jury. Hi, based on the uh, court's ruling, Mr. Belenkis, you can rephrase your question. Thank you. You just indicated, did you not, that you weren't sure if Ruth had a gun, correct? It's not positive. Correct. What, uh, I'm sorry. Are, are you talking about in August or at any point in time? Any point in time. All right, that's the question, just so you understand. Um, All right, any point in time he's asking. Okay. Not, not specifically in August, just any point in time. Ask it that way so now the witness knows what you're asking. You know that Ruth has a gun, correct? Correct. And that she travels with her guns like a crazy freak, correct? Are you asking if I said that? Or? Yes, Judge. I'm gonna. Yeah, again, to Mr. Blankus, that's not what we that's not what we talked about. Okay. No, you, you're reading for you. You can refresh her recollection, okay. but not quote from that. That's not evidence. Right. That's not substantive evidence. If you want, if you if you think you need to. Uh, refresh her recollection, you can do that by showing her the document as you've done before and ask her if it refreshes her recollection. But I think she answered the question. She said she knows Ruth has a gun. Now ask a follow-up question. You don't have to quote from the transcript. And you're aware of the fact that she always carries her guns with her, correct? I don't think I'm aware that she always carries them, just that there's been times I know she's carried them. Did you tell the prosecutor that she's not a person who had driven there overnight unarmed, 19 and 20 miles. Yep, I know, I'm reading it, I'm sorry. So yes, that is the last part of that paragraph, correct. So you were aware that she, based on your knowledge, mm -hmm. traveled with weapons, correct? That would be a correct statement. Okay, now let's, let's go to the time period immediately before you walking down to talk to Michael Barrasso on August 7th. Oh. Number one, uh, you were pissed, correct? Yes. You came stomping down towards him, correct? Spelinkus, are you reading from a transcript? I'm asking a question, Judge. Why are you flipping the transcript? It looks like you're reading it. Don't do that. If you ask a question, ask it. A transcript is used to refresh recollection. Did you come down stomping? No. Can you please look at page 28, line 19, and... Tell me if it refreshes your recollection with regards to whether or not you came down stomping to talk to Michael Barrison. Not exactly sure how to answer this question based on what I'm reading. Yes, okay, I did say the words, I came stomping. Okay, now, when you first had a conversation with Barrison, did you describe him as a crazy person to the prosecutor? Yes, probably. Now, before the shooting, is it not a fact that you never saw the gun prior to it being fired? Prior to the I gun never, being fired. I never saw it prior. You never saw it prior to the gun being fired. I saw it just before it was fired. Well, that's prior, correct? Into my chest. Yes. Okay. I saw it that. Can you please go to page 32? Okay. Lines 4 through 6. And in fact, you told the prosecutor you did not see the gun prior to it being fired. Yes. That's, Judge, that's not what it says. Well, you can, you can clear it up on, on redirect. That's what it's for. Did you ever see the weapon in his hand? Yes. Can you please go to page 33, sure. lines 10 and 11, and see if that refreshes your recollection as to whether or not you ever saw a weapon in his hand? 
While Ms. Kanarak reviews her previous statements, Prosecutor Christopher Shellhorn asks for a sidebar, and so we'll take a quick break. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. After the sidebar, defense attorney Edward Belinkus again asks Ms. Kanarak whether the transcript of her statement to prosecutors refreshes her recollection of what she told them and again receives an admonition from Judge Taylor, this time for being repetitive. Did you tell the prosecutor that you never saw a weapon in his hand? Yes. How many shots did you tell the prosecutor he fired at you? I honestly don't remember. I might have said three, I might have said five. Wasn't this gone over yesterday? I believe it was. She testified in direct to three. Did you tell the prosecutor? Hold, hold on, Mr. Belenkis. Yeah, you, you showed her D two hundred G, and we had a, you, you cross examined her on whether it was three, four, or five shots. And I'm asking her now if she told the prosecutor five shots. It's no, Mr. Belenkis. It's been gone over already. Now, Judge, there's a definitive statement later on. I can't get into that. Well, you shouldn't characterize anything one way or the other. That's the first thing. This is but. But this is not, this was over yesterday. You went through this yesterday. And I'm going over with her statement with the prosecutor's office. I'll allow a brief question on it, but do not get into the same ground we covered yesterday. Did you say, so it may have been more, but definitely five? Um, actually, after watching the testimony. No, 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 hold on. The, the question is just... Are you asking if it refreshes her recollection yes. now? Yes. Should I ask that? Mr. B the, the question is, in reading, and what's the page and line number, please? Because I don't think that was made clear to the witness. Page 35, line 15. Page 30, yeah. Just read that to yourself. Okay. And tell me, does it, does it refresh your recollection about the number of shots that were fired? Yes. How many shots were fired? Three shots were fired. Now, you just mentioned, after going over the testimony, did you look at or see anyone's testimony on YouTube? Or? I saw my own testimony as I gave it to police when I was shown the testimony. Do you recall telling the police immediately after being shot, you disappeared? I don't know what I said to didn't, the police. You just went over this already, no. Mr. Belenkis. Move on to a different area. This is get, becoming repetitious now. Now, this counteract. You have or had access to Michael Barrison's personal office off of the club room, correct? No, that is incorrect. Did you ever go into Michael Barrison's office and take personal items? No, never. I'm going to show you what has been marked 200C-30. Sure. I ask you to read item 4844. Who is this to? Your boyfriend. Yeah. And your dad. Correct. Does that refresh your recollection as to whether or not on July 11th, 2019, 
you had obtained access to Michael's office. Yes. Yes. And did you take any damaging materials from his personal office? No, I did not. Did you say you took damaging materials in this communication with your boyfriend and father? No, I did not say that. Did you say, I'm pretty good at locating damaging material. Now that I have access to Michael's office, I can write contracts, get his signature, whatever I need to do. Yes. Judge, I'm going to ask that that be stricken. It's not responsive to the question. It's not impeachment. Judge Taylor calls for another sidebar and sustains Prosecutor Shellhorn's objection, asking Belinkus to move on to another line of questioning. Did there come a time when uh, you became aware that Michael Barrison was going to install web cameras in and around the stable area? Yes, sir, was there a time that I became aware that he was going to? Yes. There was a time that I became aware that there was discussion that he would hopefully install cameras around the property. Okay. And after you found that out, and I'm referring to August 2nd, 2019, did you intend to look for them and disable them? Maybe. And did you tell the ladies and gentlemen of the jury why you would want to disable Michael Barrison's cameras in the stable area? I don't really have a reason, but I don't know the context either. Judge, I have no further questions. Fine. Uh, we'll do redirect. Prosecutor Shellhorn again rises to question the witness. Thank you, Judge. Ms. Kanrak, uh, you still have that transcript in front of you? Uh, no, you just took everything. Uh, and you were asked a series of questions about, did you see the gun before you got shot, or did you not see the gun before you got shot? And I believe Mr. Belinkis had taken a, a line on page 33, line 10, if you could just turn to that. Sure. Yes. He asked you the question on line 10, if you were asked a question, so you never saw a weapon in his hand, and your answer was no? Yep. Is there context for that if we go back? If he's testifying. I have no problem with him asking her as I Well, answer. just, yeah, Mr. Shellhorn, just... Yeah. I'm just directing her to right. the, the page. It's a, it's a, I understand. It's a, it's a, I would ask that he not read it, Judge. Right. You can, you can ask her, what did she say on, on so-and-so a page and, and line so-and-so, as Mr. Belinkus does, to see if that refreshes her recollection about what she said on a later page or a page before. That's fine. So that was on page 33, Ms. Kenrick? Yes. I'm going to ask you to direct your attention back to page 30. Sure. Which is three pages before. Yes. And I'm going to ask you to direct your attention to lines 8, 9, 10, and 11. Yes. Do you see those lines? Yes, I can. On lines 8 to 10, did Detective Rogers ask you a question? He did. What was the question he asked you? Should I read it? No, a question's fine. It's not, it, the question is not hearsay. It's a question. It's, not, it's not a statement. Go ahead. So he asked me. What so, did he ask you? He asked me, so when when you were coming out and he he was behind the bush and you couldn't see him, I said... Go ahead, and what was your answer? I said, yeah. And what did he ask you on lines 12 and 13? He said, so you were walking toward him. What was your answer? And I said, yes, I said toward him. So does that put in reference the point in time that, that we're talking about? Objection, he's testifying. Oh, I'll allow it. Now, if I direct you ahead to... Line thir uh, excuse me, page 31, are you still talking about the same context and about the same uh, part of the incident? Yes. 
In other words, the subject didn't change on page 30. No, no, the subject didn't change. Is there an objection? What's the page number? Just in general, I want to establish, Judge, that page 32, the subject didn't change. The point in time of the shooting was still where the defendant had pulled in, gotten out, and was standing by the bush. Yes. Now on page 32, were you asked a question by Detective Rogers on lines four and five? Yes. What was the question? Did you see at that point, did you even see a gun or anything? You just... And what was your answer on the next line? No. What What was your answer on lines eight through 11, if you could read that? Sure. I didn't even know he had the gun. Again, George. Until oh, it's a prior consistent statement, all right? You attack the credibility. The state has a right to introduce prior consistent statements of the witness under the rules. 607. Go ahead, Mr. Shellhorn. Ms. Kenrick, if you could just continue reading lines 8 to 11. Sorry, please. I didn't even know he had the gun until he said something and I responded. And like in the middle of my sentence, I was cut off because I, I just see him pull out the gun. Now, if you could turn back uh, to page six of that transcript, line 14, if you can start with the word and. Okay. And the minute, like, that word started to come out of my mouth, I just see a gun come out of his pocket. And like, I was in that second, very second, like, in shock. Thank you. So does that clarify whether you saw the gun before Michael Barrison shot you with the gun? Yes. Now, continuing on that same paragraph, I think you were asked a series of questions by Mr. Belinkis this morning and perhaps yesterday about what happened after you got shot. Do you remember those questions? Some of them. Do you remember being asked some of those questions by the detectives when they questioned you in September of 2019? Some of them. And again, on page six of that statement, specifically on lines 20 to 22, what did you tell them in September of 2019 about what you remembered after you got shot. And this is the point where it gets like shady because I don't know where the hell I went. And what was the purpose of you saying that to the detectives the day that they interviewed you in September of 2019? What do you mean by the word shady? I mean like confusing a little bit. Shellhorn next displays a photo on the court's video screens. Ms. Kenrick, what's S210 a picture of? the porch uh, table and chairs. And what is in the top right of that picture? A bush. When you described uh, coming out of the house, do you see on S210 the approximate area where you saw the defendant standing? Yes. Can you describe that for the jury? Yes. So he was standing like sort of in the bush and also at the same time on the other side of the chair. You were asked a question about a a phone on the table. Do you see a phone on the table in this picture? Now I do, yes. Are you aware if you or your boyfriend Robert ever had a white Google phone? Never. Did you see that phone there on the day that you got shot? Nope. Because I think we can stipulate that that was Mr. Barrison's phone. Next, Prosecutor Shellhorn shows the witness a text message. Do you remember being asked about what that text message said? Yes, I do. I think you were asked the question on cross-examination, whether you learned that Michael Barrison was deathly afraid of your father. Yes. And you sent that text message to your father? Yes, I did. After reading the, the context of the text messages before it, what was the basis for you saying that Michael Barrison was deathly afraid of your father? 
the basis for me saying it was that Michael himself said it or indicated that no one there should hurt me because not with the father, not they shouldn't hurt me because I have a protective father, basically. It's what just it is. So do you mean people at the barn? As to what she right. means. Yeah, don't, don't, don't lead her, just ask her what she meant by that, that's all. Just, and just to clarify, when you say people, in general, are you talking about a person or a group of people? A group of people. And what was the group of people in general? Was that, you don't have to use specific names, just who in general are you referring to? Barn staff and one of their parents. And what was the barn staff and the parents talking about? Coming to beat me up and punch me in the face and do me bodily harm. And what did uh, Michael Barrison respond to that? after they said to come hurt you and do you bodily harm? He said, no, 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 nope, not with the father like that. That's the wrong way to go about this. And is it then two text messages later that you advised your father that Michael was deathly afraid of him? Yes. The last few questions I have for you, I'm not gonna ask you about every Facebook post that you ever posted, okay. but I do just wanna clarify a few with you if that's all right. So Ms. Kenrick, we'll start with S402, page 968. Sure. I think you were asked about that post that you had on August 4th, 2019. Yes. And Mr. B uh, Belinkis had asked you questions about certain sentences or certain lines in this specific post. Yeah. Did he read this entire post in its entirety? He did not. Did he leave out a part where you said, I also feel that saying certain things to a public audience in some way helps keep me safe? Yes, I did say that. Did you say at the end of that post, there's only so much I'm willing to take from any person any time before I unleash every legal resource and recourse that I have? Yes. On S402, page 814, I think you were asked a question about this uh, post yesterday on July 27th, 2019. Mm -hmm. Do you remember being asked about, I think you had said something in that post to the effect of, this is me, look out, because here I come? Yep. What did you remember that post to be in reference to? It was an exact quote to the greatest showman, and I was basically just quoting that, meaning I, you know, march the beat of my own drum kind of thing, and let's have, let's have a night of music kind of thing. And what's, just in case anyone doesn't know, what's the greatest showman? Um, it's a movie that has songs in it, and I was quoting one of the songs from the soundtrack of that movie. And did you put the lyrics to that song in quotation marks? I did. Did you finish it with TGSM? Yep, the greatest showman. What did you say after TGSM? Let's have an edited music, hmm? Question mark. The post before that, which was approximately 20 minutes before, mm -hmm. in general, what is that a reference to? I actually forgot it. Another song. Who's that song by? Meatloaf. Is the post after the greatest showman post about another 20 minutes later or a half hour later? Yes. And what is that post in reference to? Another song. And movie, actually. And then the last uh, post I'll ask you about is in S402, page 970. Do you remember being asked about a post you made on August 4th, 2019? Yes. This is a post where Mr. Belinkis asked you a series of questions about your gun. Mm -hmm. Yep. And how many bullets it had, yes or no? Oh, yes. And uh, I think he finished up at the end here by pointing out that you had something about if something turns violent, you would let someone punch you in the face twice? Yes. Did he leave a line out in the middle of that paragraph or that post? 
Yes, he did. What was the words that he left out when he read that post? The words were, also, luckily, I am not a violent person. I hate confrontations, which seem they could turn violent. Did he also leave out this line starting with, unfortunately, after you talked about your two guns? Yes. What does that line say? It says, unfortunately, or luckily, they are both in NC. What is NC? North Carolina. Thank you. Judge, I don't have any further questions on redraw. All right. I have one, Judge. Edward Belinkus rises. One question. With regards to D200C-47, where you discussed staff members punching you in the face, Mm-hmm. Isn't the fact, and this is the day before the shooting, that you said you heard Michael say, no, three exclamation points, no, four exclamation points, no, four exclamation points. Did you write that with regards to what my client said regarding any violence towards you? Yes. Nothing further. All right. Thank you, ma'am. You may step down. Please don't discuss the case with anyone. Of course. Thank right. you. Very good. Thank you. Mr. Shellhorn, it's um, 1220. I'll leave it up to you if you want If you want to start at the, your next witness or um, we can take our lunch break a little bit early and start fresh after lunch. I leave it up to you. If we can do that, Judge, I think that would be perfect. All right. <clears throat> All right, very good. It's uh, 1220, ladies and gentlemen. We'll take our lunch and recess. Please return at about um, 120 and we'll uh, resume shortly thereafter. Thank you. And with that, the testimony of alleged victim Lauren Canarek concludes. Judge Taylor calls for a lunch break, and we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Michael Barrison. Please join us on our next installment as we examine the testimony of Dr. Mark Widman, the surgeon who operated on Ms. Canarek after the shooting. If you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. 